the rain God, yes father Because of mercy, it's all because of 
this pain to be my story I don't want this desert road Are you sure this is the plan that you have for me? Out here in the dust and clay God, if there's a bigger picture It's getting hard to see today But I know that you won't leave me
of his power to us who believe. And according to his the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead, and he set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, he's far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but in the world that is to come. And God has put all things under his feet and given him to be ahead over all things to the church. Jesus. And Father, we thank you, Lord. The promises that we have in you are yes and amen. God, that you are not man, that you should lie. But Father, you so loved us that you sent forth your one and only Son, that whoever would believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus, there's no one like you. There's no other God before you. You are God and God alone. And we thank you, Father, 
And you've called us out of darkness for those who are in Christ. You've called us out of darkness and you've brought us into your marvelous light. And for those, God, who aren't in Christ today, Father, you're calling them out of darkness. Oh, how I pray that they would respond, Father. God, that they wouldn't continue to have a hardened heart towards you. But God, that they would see their need for Jesus. In Christ alone. Father, there's no other hope for the created being on this earth but Jesus. Jesus. And I thank you, Father, that Jesus, you even pray that we would be protected by the name in which you've been given, by the name of Jesus. Oh, that you are the resurrected one. God, that you are still not in the tomb. But Father, you are victorious. And for that, Lord, we praise you. We thank you, Father, that we have this time to come together, Lord, to open up the living word and to know you even more as the Holy Spirit leads and guides and directs us, that you've given him to be our counselor, our teacher. And so, Father, may we, God, just press in. May we have a greater hunger and thirst for righteousness, Lord. For your name's sake, we pray. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Application. It's been 10 months. We've been talking about application. Sustained effort, hard work. It's from the root word apply, which just means to give one's full attention to work hard. As a Christian, we're not one with a divided heart. We're not here today and gone tomorrow, one foot in, one foot out. I believe today, but I don't believe the next hour. No, as a Christian, we've come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ as being the Son of God, the resurrected one, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, because God was pleased to reveal himself to us through his Son, Jesus. There's no other way to God. There's no other way to be reconciled back to our Creator. And there's no other God like him. There's all these other gods out there, there's all these other idols that the created would like to create and call them their gods. The created, we like our desires to become our god. But the reality is, is there's no other god like the God, the one and only God, who sent forth his son to redeem mankind, that the created might be at peace now with their creator, through Jesus Christ, because God understood our condition as we heard and as we have read throughout this year, maybe even before this year, some of you, that all of us are born into this nature, this nature of rebellion towards a holy God. We're all born as sinners. That's the nature all of us are born into. We're on an equal playing field. We're all sinners. We all sin. Whatever that nature, whatever that flavor, however that may look, wherever this flesh drags us, we're sinners. We're in rebellion to a holy God. We are the created. And as the created, we long for the created. We feast of the, of the created. We want the created to, to, to give us satisfaction with our desires. And yet we know 
And we've heard that the flesh only knows how to do one thing, and that's to die. The wages of sin is death. And so the flesh nature, this cardinal nature, this created nature, longs for death. That's all it knows. But there's good news, you all. Amen. There's good news that we have as Christians that we could go forth and just share, as I was sharing last week, to go forth and share the good news of Jesus. To preach the gospel, to share the gospel. The need for every human being, the need for every created being is Jesus. It's Jesus. And yet we fight and resist Him. Because we want to be God. We want to hold on to our pain, to our hurt, to our desires, to our whatever. But Jesus is the answer, you all, for everyone. And you say, why is He the answer? Because it's only through Him that that nature that you were born into, that nature that's in rebellion to your Creator, can be dealt with, and then you can be born again of a new nature. Of the Spirit. Of the Spirit. All because of what Jesus accomplished, not what you accomplished. And it's interesting that the flesh doesn't mind religion. The flesh doesn't mind you doing the rules and the laws and the do's and the don'ts and the institutions and the ups and the downs and the lefts and the rights. The flesh doesn't mind it. But we have to be alert. The Bible says that we have to remain steadfast, immovable. That we have to guard what's been entrusted to us because our enemy is like a lion seeking whom he may devour. Your flesh doesn't mind you going to church. Your flesh will lead you to religion. Because ultimately, religion without Christ is useless and it just leads you to death. But it's Christ that gives you life and life and the abundance. That's why you must know Christ. You must be in Christ, as the Bible talks about. You must accept Christ. You must live for Christ. And it's in this new nature as you are born again, as you come to confess Christ and believe upon Christ, that you are now born again of this new nature that is at right standing. Listen, you're no longer in rebellion towards God, but now in this newness of life, you are in right standing with God, not because of your works, not because of anything you've done, but all because of what Christ has accomplished. And so it's the work of Christ that he begins in you that he is faithful to complete. And so you lean upon him. You trust in him. In and of yourself, you can't create anything. Only God can. And so we know, though, that when we give our lives to Christ and we're born again, 
and we have this newness of nature that we are growing in, that we are maturing in, this is the application. This is where it's sustained effort. You are to work hard. You are to continue to allow the work that which Christ has begun in you, the Holy Spirit, now you have because you believed upon Christ, the Holy Spirit now is the one who's supposed to lead, guide, and direct your steps. You're not to be resisting and fighting against the Holy Spirit. Yes. The Bible says you're not to be living lives that grieve Him. I'm going to keep doing what I want to do. I'm going to keep living how I want to live. I'm going to keep having the same attitudes as I have. I'm going to keep desiring the same things I'm desiring. And I'm going to keep living out of this nature that I know is in rebellion. Listen, this is what we're saying to ourselves. Rather, these exact words are not. But this is what you're saying, especially if you're calling yourself a Christian. You're telling the Holy Spirit, no, 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 no. I'm still in control. I'm going to let this old nature still be in rebellion towards you. Now, really? That's not how a Christian ought to be living. The Bible says in Galatians, the flesh and the spirit, they war against each other. And it's very clear, the fruit of the flesh. (laughs) Nothing's hidden from you. You know that rebellion that's in you. (laughs) That is contrary to what God's truth is. And yet we want to celebrate it. And yet we want to just go along with it. And yet we want to make excuses for it. (laughs) But you have the Holy Spirit. You have a new nature within you. That is victorious because of what Christ has accomplished. So we're not to live lives that grieve the Holy Spirit. No, the Bible says you're to live a life that walks habitually in the Spirit so that you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. What do I do if I slip up? If I sin? Well, get up and get back walking with the Spirit. Repent. Turn from what you gave yourself into. Recognize what it is. It's the flesh. There's nothing good that comes from it. Sustained effort, hard work, application. Application. We just can't name his name and then keep living lives that deny his fame, that that lessen him, that cheapens him. Not in this day and age. Because the level of deception, the chaos that's coming, the chaos that's here, everything that's rising up, the church is to be victorious. She's not to be in this day and age with her head in the sand. She's not to be wandering around who she is, what's going on. She's not to be running, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, acting a nut. No, we ought to know, we ought to recognize the times we ought to be able to stand and stand there for then and the authority of our God. And to be able then to move in a way, as I was sharing last week, to be able to present the gospel to people. Why do you believe who you believe in? And what has he done for your life? And what can he do for their life? Because listen, you all, life is hard. Life is hard. Hard. Do you understand what people are going through today? Six o'clock, 5.45, six o'clock yesterday morning. <laughs> Young girl comes to the house. Seven hours with her. She's tormented. Bondage. Just life. I swallowed her up. 
I wasn't expecting seven hours worth of counseling. <laughs> it's allowed her to be able to sit there and just, oh, just unload. And then finally able to see that breaking point. I was able to sew in the word of God to her life. And then for the rest of the hours, watching her sit next to me with her Bible open, just reading. I didn't have to talk. She was reading. She already had started. But she just needed a safe place just to sit and read and ask questions when she had questions. Now, you understand that we've all, and, I, and I've said we all have gone through horrible events in our life. We all have. We all have a sad story. We've all had traumatic events take place that have formed us, that have shaped us, that have made us think thoughts that are contrary to the truth of who God is. They're ruling us. They're claiming rights to us. The enemy is having his field day and with our emotions and our desires and everything else. He's chaining us up and dragging us to hell with him. And we just sit back. But that's not what we're still called to do. If we're Christians, we have the truth that can help set the captives free. Amen. And his name is Jesus. Amen. His name is Jesus. It's a whole new way of life. And it's a continual way of life. Because <laughs> we're continually growing and maturing. And so we have to get up, you all, as the church, as Christians, we have to get up. And as I was saying last week, we've got to stop allowing our lives to sing out how weak is our God. Sing with me how weak is our God. He's done nothing for me. How weak. And that's how we're living. How weak is my God. Because people hear that and we say that we're Christians. But our lives reflect Him to be this weak-willed God. But that ought not to be. Because how great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. Come on. This is our life. This is the expression of the life of one who is in Christ. And yes, it's not a life that's going to be lived in with the hallelujah choir singing like 24-7. No, you're going to go through. But that does not make him weak. What we endure on this side of heaven is all for his glory. It reveals to not only us, but to others who are watching our lives how great our God is. I don't have to put on a show for anyone. I don't have to act super religious for anyone. I don't have to perform for you all. I have confidence in who my God is and what God has done. Not just in my life, but in lives of many. And then ultimately, 
His character that I've come to know Him through His Word. How great is He? And I refuse to get up. No matter what my circumstances, what my season is in this moment, and declare Him to be weak. The devil is a liar. And we better start realizing how great this warfare is. I mean, I can't keep telling you all. Like, you're behind enemy lines. You've got this realm, this principality's rulers and air in the darkness. You've got the world system that keeps presenting stuff to us to inflame our desires to long for the created. And then you have your very own self who's in complete rebellion to the holy God who has called you out of darkness. And we think we're just going to get up and not apply truth, not live lives with sustained effort and working hard. And again, these works that I'm talking about is not for your salvation. No, because you're saved, fruit, the fruit of work just comes forth. Because you understand what you're up against each and every single day. And nothing in you can destroy any of that. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. And you can begin to proclaim the goodness of your God in the land of the living. As that song said, you can remind hell that tomb is empty. That stone is still rolled away. And Christ is still seated on his throne. Instead of just giving into your anger, giving into your gossiping, giving into your lust, giving into this, giving into that. Start standing up and taking thoughts captive. Start being a Christian. Loving your God. Knowing your God. Serving your God. I mean, to unravel years and years and years and years of abuse and constant neglect. That's a lot. Young woman didn't walk out delivered yesterday, but she walked out with hope. She walked out with hope. It's years. Y'all know what you've been conditioned for for years. What your flesh has taken in. What your, what your desires are. What, what things have taken place in your life. No matter what your age is. Your soul has been attacked to keep you a prisoner. And the sad thing is, the sad thing is, in the end of it all, you're choosing to remain a victim. Your choice. Can't blame God. Oh, this happened to me. Oh, why did that happen? Oh, why this? And what this? And what about that? And what about... <laughs> Can't blame God. Because God's made a way, you all, for you to be free. Amen. 
that your soul will be liberated to live a life and life in the abundance. In a dying and decaying world, you can live life to the fullest. Even in the midst of hard circumstances. Even in the midst when everything around you is shaken. The Bible says you should be able to stand and stand there for them. This is the hope that we have, you all. So application, application, 10 months in. Applying the Bible is the duty of all Christians. If we don't apply it, the Bible becomes nothing more to us than a normal book and a practical collection of old manuscripts. That's why Paul says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. When we apply the Bible, God himself will be with us. The degree to which we study, memorize, and meditate on God's word is the degree to which we understand how it applies to our lives. But understanding how the word applies is not enough. We must actually apply it. Application implies action, and obedient action is the final step in causing God's word to come to life in our lives. The application of scripture enforces and further enlightens our study, and it also serves to sharpen our discernment but helping us better distinguish between good and evil. I don't know if you've given thought to Christ this week, to your Christian faith this week. I don't know how you've lived this week. But you should, if you're calling yourself a Christian, if you truly are a Christian, you should be living a life honoring God. Not giving in to your temptations, not giving in to this and giving in to that, but learning how to stand victoriously in Christ. Even as you're facing the most excruciating moments of life, to be able to still declare God is good and God is great. Yes. And God is for me and not against me. truly allow the healing that our soul needs for us to be unraveled. And I don't know if you've ever done intensive counseling with people or just being available. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a counselor. You're just a Christian. You know the truth. If you're applying it for yourself, you should be able to counsel others with the knowledge of the Word of God. Not just appeasing them, not just patting them on their back, not just, you know, oh, bless God, bless God, God wants to bless you, God wants to bless you. You know, not this weird gospel that we give people because we want to appease them. Actually, to appease their gods that are controlling them. I had to give it time yesterday for everything to kind of be revealed, what was going on. So I now had to come in with the wisdom of the Holy Spirit as I was sitting there praying for the first two hours. Good God Almighty. Lord, I just woke up out of bed. <laughs> you got to give me wisdom for this. My God, there has to be a breakthrough where the seed can be sown. And there was resistance coming back when the seed was sown. But then it was like a one-two punch. All of a sudden it was like, ooh, ooh. And you see the soul kind of come to life within like, and recognizing the lies that one believed and has believed for years. 
And then coming back at another angle. And then boom, boom with the truth. And it's like, oh, oh, wait, what? Oh, yeah. And we think that we're just going to go out there and just go, you know, kumbaya with people. Oh, just come to church. Just pray a little prayer. <laughs> you know, memorize your little verses, do your little thing. And then somehow that that is what's liberating people? They don't even know what they've received by whom they have called upon. A new nature. A new nature. Freedom of hope. Now hope will never disappoint us. Oh, this world may disappoint us. Friends and family may disappoint us. But Christ, our King, will never disappoint us. And so as we're applying truth, as we're growing, as we are maturing, we're bettering ourselves and we're sharpening our discernment to distinguish between good and evil. No, this is wrong. I ought not to be doing it. I know my body wants it. I know my mind's craving it. But listen, I know all of that. But I know also what it comes with. The price it comes with. Death. And I'm not a created being any longer bound to death. I've been born again. Made alive in Christ. Oh, death, where is your sting? You see, I don't know how you're talking. I don't know how you're living. But all this weird Christian stuff that's going on out there, it's crazy. It's crazy, you all. So application is vital. It's been 10 months. And as I've been saying to you all, okay, fine. If you haven't even begun to even start applying don't go beating yourself up. I'm a bad Christian. I can't be like everyone else. Bah, 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 bah. You see, because you see, you learn the learn the tricks of your enemy, especially yourself. When your flesh starts getting control, you better silence it. Oh no. You're not throwing shame and guilt on me in condemnation. I've been living, if I'm truly in Christ, now if you're not in Christ, that's a different story. You ought to feel the shame, the guilt, and the condemnation, and it ought to weigh get down until you're down on your knees and you look up and call out into Christ and be saved. <laughs> but if you're a child of God, if you're truly saved, if you've truly been born again, stop playing that weird shame, blame, con- condemning game that we like to do because it makes us feel spiritual. Because <laughs> the flesh likes to feel spiritual. I keep telling us over the past couple weeks, so many of us are so spiritual that we're the children of the devil. We're in this realm. And yet somehow wanting to claim we're in Christ. But we gotta wake up, y'all. We gotta wake up. We gotta start pushing back. We gotta start claiming the rights that have been given to us as the children of God. We ought to know that our souls are anew and afresh in Christ. And it's all because of Christ and the hope that we have in Christ. And this is what we should be passing down to the upcoming generation, that they will know their God. Instead of knowing all of our 
generational crap that we just keep passing on to them. It's another vicious cycle for the next generation and for the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. They go further and further and further away from God. Oh, we got to wake up, you all. No, there's a way to, to deal with it. By applying. No, I'm not staying bound. It's fine. If you haven't started applying, if you're not getting up, if you're not living, today's the day to start. Repent. Get up. Holy Spirit, here I am. Your word says to throw off the sin that so easily entangles me. Well, what's the sin, Pastor? Complacency, laziness, boredom, whoredom, whatever it may be. That's keeping you from God. From growing in Christ and seeking Him and loving Him with all of your heart. Just start getting real because He already knows. Like he doesn't know what you're doing. And what's going on up in here and all what's up in here. He just needs us to be real and transparent. So that he can heal and restore. And that we can feel secured in him and in this healing. That even when all the emotions and all the desires and all the insecurities and everything flares up because they will... But that doesn't have to define you. Let them scream at you in your face. Scream back. No more. You had me for 40 years. It's crazy. It's you who's choosing. I don't know how to. I don't know that. You know. We try to fix all of this. And that's not what we're supposed to be doing. Because a new foundation has been laid. And that foundation is Christ. And on that foundation, the solid rock on which I stand, all the ground is sinking sand. My life is beginning afresh and anew. And all that fruit that keeps wanting to present itself is behind me. So anyone's a dangle over in front of me. Oh, I'm not taking a bite. Because that root's already been severed. And we got to get up and start realizing this. It's hard work. It's sustained effort. We have the victory. But in that victory, keep moving forward. (laughs) Why can't it be easy? Why this and why that? Why this and why that? Come on, really? Open up the word. You act like you're the first one going through trials. You act like you're the first believer who ever had to endure. We're in a fallen world. God wants to use us. And that's why Jesus prayed. I'm not asking you to take them out of this world. Because I'm sending them into the world. 
What I'm asking you, Father, is to protect them by the name of what you gave me. Do you understand the protection that you have because of the name of Jesus? Amen. And so you get up each day and you just say, okay, once that foundation, once this new foundation begins, yeah, we don't know then, but now we put into practice the truth that we hear. Oh, I'm to be a good steward. So I'm not to be frivolous with my spending. Oh, I'm to be a good steward. I'm not supposed to just give in to all my desires and my wants and my needs and my identities. Blah, 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 blah. Because no, that's not, that's not who I am anymore because I'm not living for myself. All that's birthed out of what's back over here. You see, you begin to understand. You don't need a 24-week course. You just need to know your God. Because as you're growing, see, I didn't have someone sitting down saying, well, this and that, and you have to, okay, this and that, and whatever. No, you just, you read the Word of God. The Holy Spirit is enlightening you with truth. He's your teacher. He's your counselor. And it's just like, oh. And trust me, there were things in my life I wanted to wrestle with him. I'm like, oh, no, don't touch that area. Oh, no, no, don't leave that. Isn't this okay? No, it's not. He's not just going to force it from you. You willfully have to surrender and give it to him. Because why? Because it means nothing any longer. The reason you're still clinging to things, your emotions, your wants, your desires, I've got to stay in this relationship. Or I've got to stay in these cycles of weird relationships that I find myself in. And then we blame everyone else. All these lovers we've been with. It's not them. It's you. Well, how can you say that? Do I have that... But you allowed it because of your brokenness, because of your damaged soul. But walk as a freed man and a freed woman. Trust me, the boundaries you'll start having. Oh, <laughs> no. Because I'm already content and satisfied with Christ. I don't need you to touch me to make me feel like I'm special. You're going to touch me when we honor Christ in covenant. I mean, come on, let's just get real. No, no, you're not going to do, all of a sudden, like you don't need, you just begin to know, like, no, there's a way in which I'm called to live. And that people throw up your past at you. It doesn't matter. And you say, no, but it hurts me. Oh, it provokes me. It's you. Get to a place where you can just be like, secured enough in Christ to say, yes, thank you for reminding me. What a wretched person I was. I don't have to defend myself. I'll glory to God for the person I am today. And oh, how I'll pray for you that the scars and the wounds in which I left in the wake of my destruction, you can find the healing and the wholeness that I found in Christ. Come on. Do you know how you can begin to live a life and to be free? This is what he came to do. And then people who knew you, people who were around you, people who start getting to know you, they see something. Well, There's something different about you. Some you'll be a sweet fragrance of life. To others you're going to be a stench of death because they are staying condemned and they don't want Christ. (laughs) And this world doesn't want you living free. Do y'all understand this? In every realm, 
Oh, we've got to wake up. We've got to wake up. We have to have our spiritual eyes awakened. This world system does not want folks free. I mean, we can just get out. You want to want to step out of the church and spiritual stuff for a second? You just want to want to look at the world system and the natural world? Everywhere on the face of this earth, people are ruled by someone else. The upper class does not want the common folks free. Keep them ignorant. Give them just a much, just enough of what they need. Keep them lazy. Keep them needy, but we'll control them. This realm, this realm, and then you do it to yourself. This, this flesh. (laughs) It is only in Christ. It is only in the true essence of the Christian faith. It is only in what God has provided through Jesus Christ that freedom can be declared. And that's why governments hate the message. That's why governments hate the gospel. Peddle any other whatever religion, whatever. But the gospel, oh no, oh no, it's a threat. How is it a threat? These people are productive. They mind their business. These Christians, why are you mutilating them? Why are you killing them? Why are you beheading them? Why are you running them into stadiums for lions to devour? Why are you hanging them on poles and lighting them on fire as the people are drunken and carousing the streets of Rome back in the days? Why are we doing this to Christians again? They're productive people. Because it's a spiritual war. Because it's the only faith that provides freedom. No other faith does. None of them. They provide bondage that you must work to appease your God. Not the Christian faith. And yet the institution that's running on this earth, labeling itself as the Christian faith, that's what they do. They make people work for it. Or... They lessen the message so much that they gave people the right to do whatever. And then, poof, God still loves you. No need to know. Don't get so excited about freedom. But this is the message in which we carry you all. A message of freedom. The message of a transformed life. I once was, but now I am. I'm wholly set apart, not because of the works that I do or the dress that I dress in, but because of what Christ has accomplished and who Christ is. And I long to be Christ-like. And I'm not perfect, but I'm maturing and I'm growing. And I know there's a day where I will be perfected once I'm with Him. Amen. See the hope and the security and the confidence that you can have in Christ. Go to... 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16, because we're to be the people of God, doing the will of God for the glory of God. Application. Get up, you all. Get moving. <laughs> Apply. Sustained effort. Work hard. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16. These are scriptures. <clears throat> 
one application that I have been holding up for 10 months for us and hopes to encourage you to apply, to get up, to live. If you're truly a Christian, and then again, if you're not, stop pretending you are. Get saved. Get saved. Come to Christ. Confess your sins. Repent. Be baptized and get discipled. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16. How are we to be living? How are we to be applying? Listen to this verse. Keep a close watch. Who? You. On how you live and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. Constantly, the New Testament church and the church until Jesus returns is being reminded, stay true. There's all these false gospels out there, you all, and it's increasing. I mean, again, in the West, in the West, they're deconstructing the Christian faith. And I said last week, well, then stop calling yourselves Christians. Remove Christ as you're de- deconstructing what you once believed, you can be do and worship whatever you want. But you can't deconstruct the Christian faith. I mean, do you understand what's happening? And this is what we're called to. Stay true. Keep a close watch on. And look, for the sake of your own salvation and for those around you. Application. And you think you're just going to roll out of bed. Well, I went to church on Sunday. What does that mean? What does that mean? If that's what you're basing your Christian life on, oh, yeah, the Christian. That's, no, you can't say that to me. Oh, oh. I care enough about your eternity. I'm concerned. Because Christians don't live that way. Well, you don't know. You don't know my schedule. You don't know this. You don't know that. Ah! Oh, I know the excuses. Been there, done that. But we got to get up, y'all. We don't have time to play. Love the Lord your God. The greatest commandment. The first and greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your body, and with all of your strength. You ain't, you ain't loving him like that. If you're just in and out. I'm just living on a Sunday message. <laughs> That's not loving. That's using. <laughs> That's what your flesh has come to do in your other relationship. We gotta wake up, you all. Stop playing the games. And start realizing how great is our God. He is worthy of praise. All of our being is to be yielded to Him. I heard this little clip my friend sent me the other day. This pastor, he was preaching hard. He said his board called him in. The deacons called him in, Carrie. Yeah, they did, he bet. Called him in and said, Pastor, 
decided we're going to start leaning to the left. Pastor said, well, what does that mean? What does that mean? Leaning to the left. All right, you started saying different things about the different the <coughs> beliefs that they have, or, or are you looking at looking at this chair? Are you looking at like what does it mean when you say you're leaning? We've decided that we're this congregation. We're going to start leaning to the left. And so they started rumbling among themselves, and he finally stopped them. I said, no, we're not leaning to the left. Because as Christians, we're not called to lean, we're called to stand. I said, come on, Pastor, yes. We're called to stand upon Christ, the solid rock. His message doesn't change. He's not leaning. He's calling us to stand upright amongst a wicked and perverse generation. Come on. We've got to get real, you all. We gotta stay true. We gotta honor. What are we doing appeasing the little gods of these other people? Because we don't want to offend them. But God, it's okay. They don't want to hear how great God is. But many times I've turned to, oh, it's okay. You don't come up, you know, well, you're not gonna ask me to pray to send a prayer? No, because you ain't ready. Oh, how dare you? Why are you getting offended? You don't want Jesus? You're offended because I'm not going to ask you to say a little simple prayer? Ah, oh, come on. I'm ready. Just going through the motions. But it's got to be real. But that's weird. No, it's not. It's weird to me that we're like, poof, you're a Christian, 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 poof, you're a Christian. Everyone's a Christian. Kind of nonsense. It's not, even, it's not even here. I mean, Jesus, Jesus Himself. He didn't go poof. You're a Christian. Poof. You're a Christian. Poof. You're a Christian. Poof. You're a Christian. No, He looked at them and said, "Are you going to follow me?" Well, before you do, consider the cost. You see, they're going to hate you. They're going to beat you. They're going to throw you in prison. They're going to kick you out of the synagogues. See, the call of a disciple to follow me is that you must deny yourself. Pick up your cross, this instrument of death. And follow me. Do you all know the Jesus y'all say y'all worshiping in the middle? Kingdom is not of this world. If it was, oh, my followers would rise up. But it's not. What? Like, I don't know. I'm telling you, I don't know what's happened to me in the past five years, but something. I said, Jesus, come on. Like, there's a stirring and a hunger. There's like, God. What? And we just want to play church. Kumbaya. Clap, clap. Ah. And people are dying to go into hell. 
on your watch. But you're in church. Praise the Lord. What kind of nonsense? Jesus says, oh, I'm sorry. Could you imagine Jesus right here today in front of all of us? Oh, Jesus. And he looks at us and he says, TFF? Maybe he calls us individually out. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? And not do what I say? These are Jesus' words. This is what he's telling his disciples, his followers. He looks at the thousand and the multitude following him as his ministry begins to shift to his purpose, the cross. Because you must eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. They're like, what? What is he saying? Oh, that's too hard. That's too spiritual. They left. Thousands. Thousands. The Bible calls them disciples. Left. He stood there. Watched. And you've heard me preach on this hundreds of times. If I was writing the Bible, that's where I would say Jesus wept. But you don't see that there. He stood there. He knew none of their hearts were for him. Then he looked at the twelve. You going to? Where can we go? <laughs> you hold the words to eternal life. And yet one of them, among that those twelve, would ultimately be his betrayer. Mm. And Jesus knew that. So and we want to make him this weird man. I don't know what we do with him. But I'm telling you, you better wake up. We better wake up. We better know him. We better truly recognize who he is and stop playing this weird game we do. Because lest you forget Jesus' words. Make people stumble. Trip people up because you're calling yourself a follower of me. And it's going to be better if you would have tied a millstone around your neck and thrown yourself in the river. Oh, I don't like, I don't like to look at Jesus that way. <laughs> oh, you created how you want him? Like, come on. I need him to be God. And my tormented soul, my darkened hours, my darkened life, my imprisoned mind. I didn't need him to be weak-willed, barely trying to get the the key in to to the lock. He just stepped in, everything just fell off. And he says, nope, he's mine. No, she's mine. Take your hands off of them. I mean, come on, this is our God. And we want to keep him weak-willed. Oh, we better know our God. Go to Romans chapter 13. Oh, Lord Jesus. <coughs> Romans 13. And Carrie, I'm actually going to do 11 through 14. So if you'll update the notes there. Application. Don't forget, we're still on application. 
This is all the more urgent, church. For you know how late it is. Could you imagine? That was written then. How much later it is now in our generation and the generations to come. Time is running out. Wake up. For our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So, so, what do we do with this understanding? Each and every single day. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes. And put on the shining armor of right living. This is what you should be doing every day, you all. 24-7. Not just when you show up. But every day. It's application. I got to get up every day. You got to get up every day. Throw off, take off the old, and put on the new. I love that concept, though. Shining armor of right living. But I don't know how. Learn. Sit down. Open up the Bible. Meet with people, Christians. True Christians who hold a form of righteousness in their life. Not weird, you know, structured, institutional, holiness, you know, law bound that oppress and depress you. But true desire to honor God with your life. There is a way in which you're called to live. We're not to use our freedom to satisfy our own desires. In fact, you know you're growing as a Christian when you think less of yourself and you think of others first. That's how we're to be growing. That's how you're denying yourself daily and learning to get up and get beyond yourself. Put on the armor of right living. Look at this. Because we belong, this is who we are now, to the day. We must live decent lives for all to see. So Rob, don't participate in the darkness of wild parties or drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity or immoral living or in quarreling or jealousy. Okay. See, like when I came to how then I told you, how, how do I live? <laughs> I know how I would live. This is how I used to talk. I mean, oh, look at God. What am I to do now? I know what I like. I know what I do. I don't have a problem with it. It doesn't bother me. But this is not how I'm supposed to live because I know it's against you. No one has to tell me. I just know you're God because you revealed yourself to me. So how am I to live? Well, look, I found it here in Romans. So if I'm not to do all of that, not to participate in all of that, how am I to live? Well, then instead... Clothe yourself ah, with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Ah. And then it took me from one scripture to a next scripture to taking thoughts captive and bringing them to the lordship of, of, of his lordship. How does he trans, transform me? How does, how does he make me new by changing the way I think? Okay, God, I'm getting it, Holy Spirit. You're taking me little by little, step by step. Okay. 
Okay. See, I don't need the rules and the laws. I just need the truth and apply. It may look like rules and laws to others, but it's very freeing to me. No one has to sit there and boom, 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 boom. Can't do this, can't do that, can't do this. No, because I could just see that and see I'm not supposed to do that. I want to be living differently now. And I'm okay with that. Because, man, the freedom that I have, the peace that I have, the soundness of mind that I have, what the heck would I want to go back there for? Why would I even want to open the door for it? Why would I want? Like when I think and I look at these 25 years I've been with Christ and the condition of my mind today, I couldn't have done this. They labeled me everything and anything in the beginning. Like we wanted to lock me up in a mental institution. Lost his mind. I, you can't make this stuff up. And it's just not my life, but it's your life. Your life should be changing. You should be transforming. You should be seeing a progression forward. You should be able to look into Scripture because this is your mirror. And don't close in. Forget who you're supposed to be. Oh, that's just bondage. I don't want to do all that. Oh, I'm not going to have fun. What, I can't go to the clubs no more? What? And I keep telling you all, do you realize when people say all, because I said it. Oh, and that's why, listen, y'all may think, oh, he's being flippant about it. No, no, I remember the days. I tried my hardest. Says, don't, don't, don't touch that Holy Spirit. But then I'm like, man, but the realization is I'm choosing to continue a pattern that somehow I fooled myself and deceived myself into believing this is my identity and this is what I enjoy, this is what I like, this is just what I want to do. Pop me the pill, smoke me the joint, down me the drinks, <laughs> and go sucking and driving in the club. Dance for hours. That's the life. No, I don't want to give that to you. That's the life I want to hold on to. <laughs> the anger and the woundedness the backbiting, the jealousy, whatever it is of your old nature. Whatever it is. The warped reality that we create that's not even real. All of the stuff that we do when we fight to stay there, I don't want to give up my life. Oh, if I come to Jesus, my whole life ends. And well, I'm not, oh, it's just going to be some drum life. Really? You don't know Jesus. <laughs> you still want that old life. <laughs> you can have it. It's your choice. Do what you want. 
run amok. But listen, you all, you're not going to find, that's why I keep telling you, when you, especially nowadays, and I've been warning you for 20 some odd years, most of you have been around me for that long. I've been warning you that these days were coming. And not because I'm some gifted prophet, it's because he's been warning us. <laughs> it ain't my words. It's not my prophecies. It's just his word. He's been warning his creation what the times would be. And so we have to wake up. We have to wake up. There's a way in which we're called to live. And it's to honor God. It's to honor God. This is our position. This is who we are. Go to Ephesians. Oh, Lord. Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5 is where we're heading. I'm carrying, I'm adding more scriptures today to it. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 through 20. Here we go. Again, this is written to the church. This is for you. This is application. Scriptures on application. How are you to be living? Sustained effort, hard work. Woo, here you go. Imitate God. There's your homework. That's your lifestyle from here on until you take your last breath and you stand before Him. Imitate God, therefore, in everything. Oh, come on, really? Everything. You do. Well, that's just hard. You don't know what I have to go through at work. You don't know what I have this going on in my life. I can barely do this. And I have this issue. And I have that. Everything. And if you don't know how, ask. Listen, it's not going to change overnight. You're like, you're, you're not poof and you're perfect, uh, you know. It's a progression. But you ought to be going forward and stop living off your excuses and feasting off your flesh. What does that look like? Be honest. Be real with the Holy Spirit because He knows already. Holy Spirit, when I walk into that office, whoo! It saps my energy. <laughs> I don't know if I can imitate God among those people. But Lord... You love them. You desire for them to know you. So let me get over myself. See, there's a way to pray, and there's a way to talk, and there's a way to ask. Holy Spirit, help me go forward and be Christ-like today. Because maybe the issue is not them. It's just me seeing them through my eyes and not through the lenses of your eyes. Because God, thank you that you didn't treat me the way I treat them. And God, forgive me for speaking against them. Because God, I know there's life and death in the power of the tongue. And I'm claiming to be your servant. And claiming all the benefits of what Christ has done for me. And I'm going to go in there. And I'm going to be whatever. I mean, that's just one example. But you understand, this is how you're growing. This is how you're moving. This is how you're applying. You're allowing the Holy Spirit full access. Because that old nature is there. And it wants access. Oh, no. 
your foot on its neck. And you remind that old nature, oh no, I nailed you to his cross. You were crucified there. So imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Not because, oh, I got to get in and prove I can do this, got to do Oh, because I don't want God mad at me. That's not your motive. God's not mad at you anymore because you're in Christ. Can we just get, can you just get that truth? If you're truly in Christ, know your position and stop being so flippant about it. Start being secured in it. Because you are his dear children, live a life filled with love. Following the example of Christ, he loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us as a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no, Rob, you can put your name there, <laughs> sexual morality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. But God, this is all I know. Like, this is what I like. This is what I need. I, I need to feel like I'm like, no, you don't. You don't need to be that anymore. It's not who you are, Rob. I'm like, oh God. I just want to know what purity is, God. Since I was a kid, I've been giving myself away. Because that's how people liked me. It's the only way I could find love and feel like, you know, I was... But that's not who you are anymore. I mean, come on, you all. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. These are not for you. So how do we live then? What do we do then instead? See, I'm glad he doesn't leave us just hanging out there trying to figure it out ourselves. <laughs> instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You understand what a heart of gratitude can do for you? Because the majority of our lives, we've complained, griped, moaned, groaned, the nastiest of attitudes. And we've created more chaos for ourselves than we blamed everyone else. But you're, you're the Tasmanian devil. Mm. Bruin brouhaha. Because you're refusing to yield to Christ. Let's just get real. Let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure huh, that no immoral, he's talking to the church, you all, lest you forget. We already know those in the world who are out in the world, they already stand condemned. They're not inheriting the kingdom of God. So this letter is written to those sitting in the church to remind them, because there's a lot of people sitting in churches that aren't saved. They like to pretend they are. <laughs> they like to keep living lives and then making excuses for it. It's having others stumble along next to them. Just accept my open sin. It's okay. Who are you to judge? 
It's ridiculous what's going on in churches today. But here we see, you can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of God. The kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person, here's the standard, set by God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled. And then I love this, because this is the day and age in which we're living, and it's increasing. People in the church making excuses for these sins. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey Him. Oh, no, no, no. Shh, shh. Shut the book. We don't like that. We don't want to look at God that way. Let's deconstruct. Let's reconstruct. Let's make Him how we want Him to be. But do you see what the Word says? <laughs> don't participate in the things these people do. Why, Holy Spirit? Why aren't I to be a part of that? Well, here's your answer, Rob. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live now as people of light. For this light within you produces, look at this, only what is good and right and true. What a beautiful prayer to adopt for your life. Thank you, Lord. In these times of struggle, in these times of uncertainty, in these times where I'm sensing myself getting, oh, oh no, God, help me, help me to remember what is good, what is right, what is true. I don't have to beat myself down. I don't have to give in to what's being prompted and what's, what I'm used to doing and acting like. You know, actually, I know they're all expecting me to, you know, I don't have to. I can resist. As I first submit to you, I can resist the enemy and he has to flee. I don't have to give in to temptation. You make a way out of every temptation. I mean, listen, there's a way to apply you all. Carefully. Huh. This is, you're still, your work, sustained effort, hard work. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about these things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them, for the light makes everything visible. That is why it is says, that is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So be careful then how you live. Don't live like fools. But like those who are wise, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, but Rob, we've heard these scriptures. And that's fine, that's fine. But are you applying them? How have you grown? How are you maturing? 
The new fruit should be just coming forth from your life. Lasting fruit, not fruit that just spots up in a season that fades away. But the character in which Christ is building within you is being sustained. You're not in it for a season and then you're whoring back the next. Giving yourself over to anything and everyone. What happened? Weren't they just on fire for Christ? When they're living for Christ, now they're back over here. We ought not to be shocked when that happens. We ought not to gossip about them and berate them and beat them down. Call them back to God. But listen, sustained effort, hard work. Go to Matthew chapter 5. I started in, I know, you said, Lord, we try to give, you give us so much. But listen, I never apologized for it, and I probably can't get through everything I have for us today. But I started Matthew 5, we're going to work through Matthew 5, 6, and 7, break it up in chunks. I've encouraged you to go and sit down with this. Start with the Beatitudes. We've already looked at those. We already looked at the teaching about salt and light, about the law, about anger, about adultery, about divorce. Today we're going to look at teaching about vows and teaching about revenge. These are, this is Jesus' message. This is his sermon. The greatest sermon that's probably ever, ever preached by the greatest preacher of all. This is what he shared. He says, you have heard the law, we're in chapter 5, verse 31. 33. 33. You have heard the law says. Nope, I'm so sorry. I'm still up there. Teaching about the vows, verse 33. You have also heard that our ancestors were told, you must not break your vows. You must carry out the vows you make to the Lord. But, I say, do not make any vows. Do not say, by heaven, because heaven is God's throne. And do not say, by the earth, because the earth is his footstool. And do not say, by Jerusalem, for Jerusalem is the city of the great king. Don't ever say, by my head, For you can't turn one hair white or black. And I love this teaching. Just say a simple, yes, I will. (laughs) Or, no, I won't. Anything beyond that, anything beyond this, is from the evil one. Let your word be your word, basically, you all. I promise to do this. No, I'm going to, well, you're not going to. You're just flipping about it. Just trying to get out of a situation or a conversation. <laughs> but your yes be yes and your no be no. And don't be flippant. To you. Don't go to the other extreme. You're like, well, I can't, make my, I can't make a decision. I can't say yes and I can't say no. Well, I just, uh, because that in and of itself is evil. <laughs> yes or no? Let your word be your word. It'll do you well. He goes on. You have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist an evil person. 
If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. If you're sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two more miles. Give to those who ask. And don't turn away from those who want to borrow. And some people go, oh, what? Oh, no, Jesus, no. Now, Jesus is not saying to yourself, Stay in an abusive relationship where you're being, getting beaten the, beaten the hell out of. But what he is saying is that there is a different way to live now. And there's something about not having to take revenge into your own hands knowing the God who is ultimately the one who will revenge. He will pay back those who harm his children. So there is something beautiful. There's something beautiful. Slap. Here's the other one. They demand, the soldiers demand them to carry it one mile, then I'll go two. Because it speaks volume to the one who is doing the insult or the injury. Because ultimately, you're not looking to pay them back for anything. In fact, it's, a, it's freeing to say, I'll go the extra mile. Because what you're demanding me and how you've come at me doesn't define me. Christ defines me. How about we want to demand our rights? We want to do this. We want to do that. We want to take revenge. We want to get people back. Okay, but you understand that's part of the temporalness of life. Dust. The rise above it. What? It's a whole way of living? They chain you up. They mock you. They beat you. They lock you up. They fire you from your job because you're a Christian. Whatever it may be, it may happen. Well, there's no need to take revenge. No need. By taking revenge, you make yourself a victim. And you're no longer a victim. You're a victor because of Christ. That's a whole different realm of living, you all. That's a whole different understanding of life. There's a whole new way of saying... Oh, there's a way in which I'm called to live and it's to honor God. Again, he's not promoting you to be a doormat. What he's saying is, do not allow your heart to grow callous to where you are going to plot revenge. You want to deal with that heart attitude? 
give them your other cheek. That'll settle down your flesh. Want to settle down your flesh? Go the extra mile and do it without complaining. Do you see what I'm saying? Because often do you see what he's saying? I'm not saying be a doormat. But what he's saying is, there is a way in which you are called to live. Be free. Remain free. Because you're in Christ. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. We're going to have communion. I'll probably be able to just get to our identities today after communion. But we're going to take communion. And in doing so, I just pray that as a song is being played over us, that that you would just prepare your hearts, just let the Holy Spirit just minister to you. Just If there's active sin in your life, then go ahead and just repent. I'm not sure why. You would want to take elements that we do it in remembrance of Him, that the Word of God tells us if we take Him and we take it flippantly, that we're actually opening up wrath upon us. And why would we do that? So it's not a time to be flippant about the elements that were taken. And there's nothing special in and of themselves of the element, but it is the commemoration of remembering Christ and what he's done for us. So Yvette, would you mind passing out the elements for me? Go okay to do that? And then I'll get the worship going.
represents the blood that your son um, spilled on our behalf, Lord God, that every drop of it was spilled out willingly, Lord. So we pray that we would not take this lightly, that we would always remember, Lord, the price that was paid for us, Lord, and that we also would willingly lay, lay our lives down for him as well. Mm. We thank you, Lord Jesus, in your name, amen. Amen. Take the cup. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Again, we do this in remembrance of Him. This is the beauty of life as a believer, the hope and the resurrection that we have in Christ. And today, I want to honor our sister in the Lord. It's been nine years, right? Since her passing. Yes. Naomi. Yes. Jessica's mom, Alexandra's Grandma, great grandma to the kids, but one of my very best friends. <laughs> it's a privilege to be able to honor her today. When I think of her, 
I think that the hope that she had in Christ and the power of His resurrection and the newness that came forth from her life, the hope that we will have to be able to gather together around the Lord's table for that great feast. And I'm like, wow. See, as believers, we don't mourn the way the world mourns because they have no hope. But the life that Naomi lived, she ran the race and she finished it well. She has received the prize that was set before her. And it's so beautiful to know where she's at in the presence of her king, of her God. I remember coming to Christ and Naomi wasn't in Christ at that time. But we were, when I say we were best friends, we were best friends. Life kind of took a a turn towards the end and we kind of separated um, through some months and some time. But I came back to Orlando and I'm a Christian now and I remember her first kind of being angry at me. (laughs) And we kind of just had these discussions and you know, I, I tell that I'm not better than you. I just don't know who I am. Now I'm not sure how I'm supposed to live. And so life just kind of went in directions that it did. She went her way. I kind of went my way. But then there was these phone calls that started happening. And I remember getting this one phone call. And you know, one of her friends was in a really horrible motorcycle accident. I don't know if you remember this, Gilda. And she said to me, I hadn't talked to her in months. And she said to me, Rob, I need you to pray to your God. I'm like, Naomi? She's like, yes. And she's beginning to tell me about her friend. And he's clinging to life. Pray to your God. I said, okay, Naomi. I'll pray. A couple days later, she calls me. She's like, can you come to the hospital? I said, okay, Naomi, I'll come to the hospital. So I remember going to the room with her, and I don't remember his name, I don't know who he was. Um, I remember praying. I remember her just standing there looking at me. But I remember not just praying for him, I was praying for her. I was like, God, like, I don't know what you want to do with him, but I trust the fact, God, that you would raise him up. But God, this, I believe, is really for Naomi. <laughs> well, God did a miracle. God did not because of anything of me, just because God. It is, man lived. Then I think it was her niece. Was it her niece yes. that came? She called me out of the blue. We didn't talk after that. Well, no, I think she invited me to a party. And I was like, yes. I was like, oh, God. I can't say, if I say no, she's really going to be like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, okay, I'll go to her house and we party. So I go to her party, through this party, but I'm like, oh. I just don't fit in. I don't do this anymore. I don't fit in anymore. <laughs> and I remember her cornering me. I don't know, were you there at that party? I don't know. She, she cornered me in the back room. She pulled me in the back room. And she gave me a what for. You know. Oh, who do you think you are? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, Naomi, please. I'm not, you know, I, I, it's not you. It's, I'm sorry. I don't know even who you are anymore. Why don't you just leave? I'm like, okay, you know, I'm not mad. It was just weird. And it's fine. It was nothing wrong because God was working. But I loved her and she loved me. And we, again, we were the, we spent many years together. Oh, I used to love dancing with her. 
I mean, we had the greatest of times together, and we we were just two broken people, just just surviving. But we had each other, and we were able to share some of our deepest issues of life. So then time passed after that, and then all of a sudden, she gets a call. I get a, we get a call, and she's like, "Oh, my niece, you know, we my niece. She I guess she you know she was addicted addicted to drugs, and blah 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 blah. We want we want to bring her over to the house." Oh, can you can you meet with her? Oh yeah 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 okay. And so you know we met and God you know again Naomi wasn't depending on me. She kept saying to me, "You're God," <laughs> and that's, and she would have that like "You're God," and I said and, and every time she would leave, I'd be like, "God, this is incredible. Like you are doing something in her." And then one Friday night, we used to have Friday night service on the west side. She showed up. <laughs> and I, you know, you already know, if y'all been there, I preach and I preach long. Friday nights, man. I, we, we went till midnight to one, two in the morning. <laughs> but Naomi came that night and she was like, the first, I opened up my Bible and she's back in the back. She's like, all right, Rob, hurry this up because I got to get to the club. I was like, okay, yes. All right, I hear you. I hear you. You know, I was like, okay, you know. But just I started preaching. Just sharing. Just, just sharing. This is one of my favorite memories. This is why I'm sharing it. At the end of that service on Friday nights, I used to get everyone up. You had to stand up. And a lot of people, some people were saved. Some people weren't. Unbelievers were there. But we, we, had, we would end in a circle in prayer. And if you felt comfortable, you would say a prayer. So we went around. Everyone was praying. And I just remember standing there going, oh, God, it's getting to me, oh, me. Oh, Lord. First I said, I'd be honest. First I said, Lord, just please let her behave herself. Lord, just guard her mouth. Just, Lord, just help her to just, you know. And it finally got to her. And it was the most beautiful, simple, just innocent prayer. And I'll never forget it in my life. Because I think heaven shook. Because it was something to the fact like, I don't know you. Not, I don't even believe in all in this. I don't believe in you. But, like basically she was open to believe. And it was the most beautiful prayer I've ever heard anyone pray. And it came from such a, from the depths of her being. And then she gave me a hug and said, I'm going to the club. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Naomi, I'll see you. I never heard from her again. It was years. Until I was out on a football field, soccer field, that was Christian's game. And I was with Tida. And we were standing there watching the game or whatever, and Tida, like, gets a phone call, and she runs off. And I'm like, oh, no, I will back up, though. Though I hadn't heard of, from Naomi, I had heard she'd fallen into some dark spiritual stuff. I said, God, what on earth? How is she down that far, the road? So we've been, been praying for her for years. But that night, Tida takes off. 
And so time passed. I'm seeing Tida off in the distance. So I start walking up to Tida. I remember Tida. She just started hooting and hollering. She's like, you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? She's like, Naomi. Naomi. I'm like, what about Naomi? She's like, she's a Christian. She's giving her life to Jesus. I'll never forget. It was right there by Valencia. God, what? Freedom came to her life. And she was not the same woman. No. Come on, right? No. Woo! Come on. Come on. Yes. That's the risen Christ, you all. That's what he does. That's how he moves. That's how he saves, redeems. And her past no longer defined her. She was new in Christ and she lived that way. And the opportunities that I had after she came to Christ to see her and to interact with her, even when her and Justin came and visited us one Sunday, just to see and interact with her, her countenance was different. Everything about her was different. She was a liberated woman. Amen. But I can tell you one thing. We witnessed her to get to that point. Yeah, think about that. Yeah, and sure you did. People who were close. I mean, that was... saw her break Yes. down. Yeah. And getting there, it's not easy. But, it, but it, the endurance that it took, not in and of her own strength, but on the God that she's called upon. Amen. The God that she says, I'm open to believe. Show yourself. It just goes, poof, here I am. And a life well lived, you all. A life well lived. And yet though she's not with us, present here she's with us she's with us and ultimately ultimately these memories the uh, the joy that we know that's ahead for us man that's beautiful so i have a song i didn't hear i i got a song i want i picked in honor of her today that i want to play before i conclude with these last three verses but it's to honor a life well lived who obtain the ultimate prize, you all. So let's be encouraged.
identity so we have available in Christ this newness of life three identities I've started this over the past couple weeks these identities again if you're not in Christ you can't claim these I know people like to but we've got to stop giving people the kingdom principles without the king These are identities that belong to believers who are in Christ. And this is why I'm sharing these I am's with you. Because I've already shared with you who Christ is, the character of God, and and who he is. That then he's revealed to us, we receive this great salvation through him. So now we are new creation. So who are we? Here's your three identities for this week. Ephesians 6.10 Strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's what the scripture says. This is who you are. Philippians 4.13, another identity. Doing all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not in and of my own strength, not in and of my own self, but through Christ. And then Romans 8.17, I am an heir of God, and I love this, and a joint heir, a co-heir with Jesus. All because of what Jesus has accomplished, you all. This is who we serve. This is the God who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light to transform us so that we will go forth to be his image bearers to a dying world. We're called to live for him, y'all. There is a way in which we're called to live, and it's to honor Christ and Christ alone. I'm going to close this with this last song of worship, and then I'll close this in prayer. Washed before I knew my name. 
Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. 